It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Late night conservative talk show in America, Packers Radio. And listen, there are no people better on the air to give you the best in conservative talk than Sackhead Sean and Sackhead Clant. Uh, and uh, we're working on immigration papers for a certain other guy who happens to work here too. <laughs> for those who are tuning in around the world to the best in late night conservative talk, Packers Radio. The best late night conservative talk show in America. In America. In America. And in this web was a large, I'm pretty sure it was the biggest spider I've ever seen. That spider gets bigger every time you tell that story. I'm just telling you. It, it, that, it, that spider was, okay, have you been to Australia? <laughs> yeah. Breaking news, guys, hold on. What? Nothing. Okay, good. my microphone. <laughs> Go Who gave Socko a microphone? He has You're a new a toy. guy. This is, <laughs> if you know how to work a microphone also, we are obsolete. <laughs> it's our job to open the mouth into the talking thing. It's your job to make sure everything works. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sackheads Radio Show on the SHR Media Network. If you join us tonight and you want to chat with us, go ahead to shrmedia.com and click in the new chat and jump in there. Already have some great people in there chit-chatting up and saying hello. So we appreciate you being here. Phone number for tonight as it is every week. This will change in two weeks, but 347-205-9399. How you doing, brother? I'm doing okay. Yeah? How was your Easter? My Easter was wonderful. How was yours? I was sick as a dog. Oh, even better. Oh, no, it was great. <laughs> Apparently. Think about how much weight you saved. Like Jesus rose from the dead or something happened. I don't know. And then uh, like <laughs> Satan reared up in me. It was horrible. It was your own personal sacrifice for uh, humanity. Right. Yeah. I gave up like, everything. Apparently, <laughs> I slept literally for like two days straight. I'm sorry to hear that. You're laughing at me. You're not sorry to hear that. <laughs> Because usually it's me that gets sick, and I sent you, a, and you I sent, get you sent, Okay, so you sent me a happy Easter text. How I are you? And I said I'm as sick as a dog. And you sent me a picture. I couldn't believe you did this to me. You sent me a picture of this humongous plate of food, <laughs> and, and like odor was wafting from the image on my phone. And I was already. It was one of those six where, like, I didn't even want to hear about food, and I think you knew that. It was almost like 
in the movie Weird Science when he said, how about a nice, greasy pork sandwich served on a dirty ashtray? It was like that. It and was. You it, and you did it on purpose. Yeah. Well, why wouldn't I? Because that was just mean spirited. That was very Putinonian of you. That was Putinonian of me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just every week I get a little more excited. I can't wait to launch the uh, the network. Um, it's going to be over on Live 365. We're working out all the bugs. Sako and I uh, got together today to do some technical stuff. Rooster is just killing it on the website side and getting all that stuff. Yeah, he's a monster. Hey, isn't he? I'm going to give him all the credit in the world. Get off the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a great job. And check it out, shrmedia.com. And that's going to be our new home in two weeks. We'll broadcast right through there. And we'll chat in the chat room as we are right now. And uh, we'll finally break free of the chains of BTR, which I cannot wait. Absolutely wait. And we're going to have some great people coming up, the Exceptional Conservative, Outcry Radio and a couple players to be named later that we're going to kind of do, you know, like a big push to let them, uh, to give them each their own intro. So that'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that. And uh, so much to talk about in news this week. Um, we actually what, had. Name one thing. <sighs> we have troops in Poland. Okay. Something else. The president tough talk China. Uh, okay. Something else. Oh, everyone couldn't see my air quotes when I said tough talk. Um, but there were air quotes there. Um, <laughs> air quotes, that's right, air quotes. Air quotes, so that was kind of cool. Um, Do you know what I learned? This what? Week? We're taking back the hate. We are taking back the hate. This and is your new campaign to take back the hate. We're taking back the hate. So we're taking back the hate of words that have, have a bad meaning but really shouldn't have a bad meaning because they empower hate. And so we've already taken back um, gay. Yes. And wood pussy. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? You, Nothing. Go on. Um, I, I, now, we have a, a deck off of, our, uh, off of our, our studio here. We do. And out there, I was uh, messing around in the backyard, and I collected, and I placed a faggot on the back deck. <laughs> Why is Sako running out of here? I don't. He's off the microphone. So that works. Do you, do you know what that is? Uh, yeah. It's pronounced faggot. Yep. Or faggot. Yep. And it's a bundle of sticks. It is. That's the legal, well, not legal, but that's the accepted English Merriam-Webster meaning. Yeah. Or a bundle of pieces of wrought iron to be shaped by rolling or hammering at high temperature. So that's so, your take back to hate so word. So our good friend Todd... Bangs out faggots all the time. <laughs> oh man, what? I, Nothing. Listen, I'm so. We're I'm so glad that hate. you have launched this campaign to take back the hate as much as you have, and you're really doing everything you can to bring all these words back to be used by just regular everyday people. I think that's outstanding. So the next, the next listener, um, if you're if you're a, a listener here and you want to help us take back the hate. Walk into like a, a home improvement store that sells pieces of wrought iron, and uh, that you want to forge into something or, or hammer so uh, into something at high temperatures, and say, "Hey, I'm looking for a faggot I can bang out, um, and that I can shape into oh, something." Man, and ha- but have your dictionary there so they know that you're not a hateful, spiteful, <laughs> evil person. 
Oh, it really doesn't matter, does it, at this point? It's, it's F-A-G. It's public... Hang on. It's F-A-G-O-T. Oh, one G. W- one G, but it's pronounced faggot. Right. Um, but there is a variant of that, according to, to Miriam, and that's F-A-G-G-O-T. But that also has a negative uh, connotation. connotation. Yeah. Right. We won't have that. Right. Well, good. I'm glad um, that you've launched this campaign. It gives me something to look forward to every single week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. And there's uh, look. This word is from uh, 1598, so <laughs> it was it was it didn't mean anything negative for centuries. And then we get a hateful, hateful, <laughs> spiteful group of little bickering people, progressives in. And it turns into something negative. So, well, you know, it, it's so funny how a word words get utilized in certain manners and, and turn into a bad thing. Exactly, and, and that's something that we need to get away from. Words, you know, words shouldn't be heard; it should be the impl- you know how people imply it. And maybe that, yeah, exactly. But, but it's it's only if you give it power, right? Right. If you empower it then it's a bad word. Absolutely. So I, I appreciate, I know that this is something that's very near and dear to you. It is. Next week we're looking at taking back the word niggardly. Well, and we'll look because forward to that. Because that college professor actually got in a lot of trouble over that. Using that a, word. Using that word. Yep. yep. And it's amazing, you know, it is amazing how a lot of people um, slam people for using proper words in proper context. And then when they come out and say, no, 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 I, I use this per the definition. Uh-huh. Then it was like, well, that's not what your intent was. Your intent was to make it something more And that's more why we're evil. doing this on this show, because uh, we are clearly stating our intent. Right. And, and then just bringing and, up the words as we discuss them. Absolutely. So I, I, I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, help us take back uh, the hate. Hashtag, hashtag take back the hate. Apparently, uh, faggot or faggot. Faggot can also be a transitive verb. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, to make a faggot of is to like bind together into a bundle. Outstanding. So faggoted sticks, right, would be a st- sticks that were bound bound together. Outstanding. I'm uh, so glad I know this now. I feel a lot. Yep. Better. And again, that's uh, Miriam Webster. So you go to uh, m-w.com, uh, f-a-g-o-t. Look it up. You can check my work. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to believe them, folks. It's yep. all there for you to. Uh... Take it on your own. Hey, how do I sound tonight? You sound amazing, absolutely right? amazing. I was, I would say, not real, not just amazing, but but um, <laughs> dreamy, Ooh, uh, dreamy, dreamy, and like a like a like a nice, just like a smooth, like a smooth a little berry, like a smooth gin, yeah, or maybe like a smooth eighteen-year single malt. I, um, with a splash of gay, because you sound happy tonight. I am very happy tonight. Yeah. That's another word we took back. Well, because. Sako being the machine that he is, we, we got some new equipment in the studio. We got a new soundboard, and, and um, we've upgraded yet again. And because that's all we do here, folks, at Sackhead's radio show, being that one percenter, we just upgrade constantly. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is we found this abandoned house. And so, this guy had some stuff that he kind of left behind, and there was like an alarm set off no, and come a on. chase. And... Come on, let's, let's be honest. There was a meth head walking down the street with a soundboard. <laughs> And I buy a soundboard real cheap. I happen to have a good, cool five dollars in my pocket, and uh, I made myself an upgrade. So it comes with a warranty. Apparently, he said uh, if it, anything ever happens to it, just find him, and he will absolutely fix it. So <laughs> and he said, "Is this your house with the car taken apart on the front lawn?" <laughs> And he said, nope. He, he said, "No," but I did take the car apart, <laughs> right. and within an hour. Um, 
no, so Sako, I'll tell you, he was like a kid in the can- kid on Christmas. You know, when that showed up and he started to play around with it, and uh, here we are, it, it, it's absolutely amazing. So. Sako was to that soundboard what a 12-year-old is to SI Swimsuit Edition. Yes, that's exactly true. Am I, he was just am I wrong on that? Yes. And, and fondling it. And, and he was like, is that a nipple? I mean, that's... <laughs> I think he actually took it into the bathroom. It was weird. It was it was a little weird. <laughs> so I'm so what, glad we took that microphone away from him. So once again, our hats are off to Sako for just doing all the stuff that there is no way we'd be smart enough to do. <laughs> There's no doubt. We could barely get here, folks. There's some weeks that even that's a challenge. Uh, so... Let's get right into uh get into what? Ah, uh, topics. Uh, I know you like to for everyone we actually enjoy a lot of times the banter more than we enjoy the converse, the actual topics we have lined up. But we we have so much to talk about. I do want to talk about too at some point is uh the uh the president using an executive order for early release on nonviolent federal drug offenders. Um and ask uh, California how that's working out. Yeah, that's worked out really 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 well. You know, and there's a whole bunch of parameters. There's like six different parameters. And you you want to talk about this just for a quick minute? It's not. No, but we've already thrown it out there. So let's go ahead and do this. (laughs) Hey, usually it's you that screws up our lineup. So I like to do it every once in a while. I know. No, so he released, you know, he released it and Eric Holder. Um, came out and said, "Hey, uh, I want Eric, hold, listen, Eric, hold I want you to look at this, buddy. Um, uh, we're going to enforce this now, buddy." And um, once again, sidestepped Congress, which was nice via affirmative action. And, and it's really funny because I agree with, and, and I'm not the only pundit to say this, but I agree with a lot of pundits that um, there needed to be changes on some of the nonviolent offenders, and that that some of the um, some of the sentencing may need to have been reduced. I don't necessarily agree with uh, 10 years, nonviolent offender, no, um, no gang affiliation. I think one of the other one is you can't have, uh, you have to have a good prison record, which is kind of a hypocrisy That's in itself. That's nice, right? Like you have to you, be nice. You, <laughs> you, you have to have a good prison record. Right. You, you couldn't, um, you couldn't tell the, the, the guard, he was a poopy, poopy face or anything like that. But one of the things that everyone's kind of missing, and I thought of immediately when I read this, and I think I read it this morning, I want to say it was the journal or something like that, but my first thought was, hey, um, what if they plea bargained and dumped some of the violent aspect of it? Or what if they plea bargained and part of that plea bargain was to drop the gang enhancement, the gang affiliation, and now it's not on their record, and they can be released as a result? And also... Did, why aren't they adding in extremely stringent uh, um, penalties that if you're, you get released under this new executive order, if you reoffend on any level, in my opinion, there should be an immediate enhancement? Does that sound like something that you would go along with? No, what I would go along with is they serve out their freaking prison term. I agree. That's what I go but along with. But it's not going to happen. I agree. They, uh, listen, like everything else, and we've talked about this before, you sometimes have that white-collar guy that's doing ridiculous time while the violent criminal walks free on a ridiculous plea bargain. I, I think every situation is different. They've lessened the offenses now. They're trying to bring it up current, which I think is I, – I don't agree with that. Like I agree that some of the offenses were a little over the top. But how many of them were plea bargained down? How many? Right, what, and so that. What you, so what are you going to do? Are you going to review every single case file? Oh, they're looking to dump tens of thousands of prisoners. That's what they're looking to do. Exactly. And it's funny though. Look, and I'm sorry you were convicted under that 
sentencing. But you were. I'm, I'm you not, committed I'm not the crime when that was the law. Right. You knew that was the law. You knew what you were, what you, what time you were getting going into it. When you took your, even if you took your plea bargain, mm-hmm. right? You, you know the deal. You got convicted under that. Okay. Yes, that sucks for you. Not really. I think. Ha ha. But right. You, know, you shouldn't have been arrested right. for it. You got. You, you got convicted under that. Do your time. If you want to mess with sentencing going forward, then, hey, go about it the right way. Right, right? and it's that's not, my issue with all this. executive order. And, and there is bipartisan support to lessen the offenses. Um, going through right now, or they've talked about it right now, that if the president waited or even jumped on board, but I, 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 I can't tell if he's trying to the rally other. the left base and say, hey, we're doing this and pushing it out. I, I think so, because he knows, but he, if he, turned he, around, he knows the left is in trouble on a lot of issues uh, in this, in this yeah. cycle. But here's – look at California, and, and you look at what they've done with these nonviolent offenders. Oh, God. And in California, they're so screwed up, and, and this just gives so much leeway for um, the Justice Department to kind of screw around with, oh, what's nonviolent? Well, okay, in, in his crim history, in his criminal history, he has um, you know, a, a prior attempted murder. He has a prior assault with a deadly weapon. He has a prior whatever violent – uh, other violent felonies are out there, but he was convicted on this drug charge. Therefore, he's convicted on this nonviolent charge. Therefore, he's a nonviolent offender. And that's happening in California. Yes. And in California, they've actually taken it a step or two farther than that, and we can get into that maybe on another segment on another show. <laughs> but there's just so much maneuver room, and it sounds good. You sell it to the public. Well, they're nonviolent. No, they're not. No, they're not. They got this one charge that they got convicted of out of this case where they dropped the gun charge or they dropped the, the, mm-hmm. the violent assault charge, mm-hmm. they dropped something else to get this conviction. And then because of the way the, the guidelines, uh, the sentencing guidelines worked out, they got the time they got. There's just so much room for them to maneuver. And it may sound good, but unless you really understand the ins and out of that cases, uh, those cases, chances are they are not a nonviolent Right, and you have to go deep into the history. And somebody else brought a good point, too, is, you know, what if they're extremely violent and they just moved here from another country and this was the first thing they got popped on and we have no idea what their criminal history was in a, con- in a different country? There's, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of problems with it. Right, so, you know, I, I understand that they're trying to lessen the offenses and keep more people out of the prison. And, but Eric Holder also said that he, doesn't, he thinks uh, convicted felons should be allowed to vote again. So it could be them just trying to get some uh, more voters out on the street. Um, and reactionaries in the chat room had a good point. You are moving welfare from the prison to the street. Yes. And you're changing the burden, uh, the financial burden, um, from the federal prison system to more of a state level because they apply, even though it's federal welfare, they apply through the state and sometimes do it on a state level. So you're right. Um, you're actually increasing it because I think that welfare oftentimes pays more than what the prisoners cost. Um, by the time it's all said and done, along with food stamps and all the other programs they can get along with health care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, the, the, there's more to meet the eye here, folks. It's not necessarily, um, hey, look at us, and we're trying to help the, you know, the poor guy who has a family and blah, 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 and he needs to get right. out and support the family. And that's something you know, that made me laugh hysterically. Is that was one of the arguments, um, uh, uh, one of the arguments that was – just crazy to me is well, somebody was like, what about those people that, you know, that they were mule and drugs for another drug to make money and sell that, you know, for their family. And now they're, 
now they're on the you know in prison. Their family's left alone. And I said, well, don't go to prison. Yeah, At the end of the day, don't mule dr- don't mule drugs. You know, I, I understand that sometimes people have to make really difficult and miserable choices in life, but I don't ever think you really need to get to the choice where you're muling drugs for somebody. But if you are, you still have a choice. Right. 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 You you still have a choice. Yeah. You, so you, do I want to go work? Look, do I want to go work in a field? Work two, three different you know, jobs, six, do six the right thing? Yeah, absolutely. Do I want to clean toilets and and work at, at jobs that maybe aren't ideal? Or do I want to mule drugs and make a lot of money and under the guise of taking care of my family? Are you taking care – if you're muling drugs, are you taking care of your family? No. Or are, or are you making a conscious decision in a hopes at, at pay to leave them high and dry when you go to prison or get killed? Because yeah. that is – let's face it. Drugs, it's a victimless crime. No, it's not. Drugs is drugs is big money. Well, especially and die over selling, uh, over selling and all drug the time. deals and everything all, else, all the, the time. time. And you look at at people that are under the influence of those drugs when they commit their crimes and victimize people, whether it's property crime or violent crime, and it's it's when they're under the influence a lot of times. So. No, it's not a victimless crime, and we can have the debate about legalized drugs, don't legalize drugs. That's not what this is about. But we're looking at when drug users and drug offenders commit their crimes and who the victims are. It is not a victimless crime. It's not like they just sit at home and, and do their drugs, and that's all. Well, and, and you look at, too, you know, a lot of people immediately, they bring up marijuana. Well, some of these people are in there for marijuana, and, you know, marijuana, states are legalizing it now, and it's not even, it's being decriminalized left and right. But it wasn't at the time, A, and B, the National Journal of Neuroscientists or something that effect just released a study last week. On marijuana. On marijuana. Yep. And how destructive it is if you're a regular user, um, and it causes, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that, it causes severe brain abnormalities. That may not be destructive to some people, but to me, eh. and it's a, a really funny how, you know, you look at all the anti-smoking stuff that's out there, Yep. but yet they're encouraging well, marijuana use. Weed. Right. You can smoke weed, just not tobacco. Right. Tobacco's horrible. Tobacco is the worst thing in the world for you. Why Weed's would fine. you smoke tobacco? Listen, tobacco blackens your lungs. It, it, has, it makes asthma and kids. It's horrible. But smoke weed, it just screws with your brain. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's fine. fine. It doesn't matter. It's fine. We'd rather use or, 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 or and alcohol and all this other stuff. And then it, it just shows the hypocrisy, and they just don't want to say it. And the left will never admit that when they, they're legalizing marijuana in states, it's all about money. It has nothing to do. They'll oh, decriminalize it, and it makes things safer, and now you know, the drug dealers go away. No, they don't. The drug dealers don't go Look, away. Look, if they legalize marijuana, they legalize marijuana, and, and if it's done through the, right, through the proper way, right. through the legislative process, okay. You know, we, we, but we can have the debate on whether you use it, whether you're a dumbass or not. I, but, fine, let's, whatever. but let's be honest about what it does. But let's be honest about what it does. Right? Right. Let's, let's not, not say, turn oh, around no, and it's, say it's this magical it's one totally of relaxation. Right. Let's talk about THC content. Let's talk about THC content in marijuana from the 60s when our parents Two and a half percent it, or whatever it was. Six or yeah. eight percent. Seventy-five, eighty. No, I think it's like 33 percent THC content. So, so concentrated that it's mimicking a stimulant. Right. You know, it's, as far as heart rate, as far as far as, as, far as pupil dilation and, and the other things that it does to your body. Right. Twinkie so, increases. Right. Yeah. So, 
Sales of Funyuns have gone through the roof, though. Through the, I bought stock in Colorado and <laughs> Funyuns and pork rinds. But but that's you know that's the issue with me going out right now is marijuana is such a um, has become this wonder. Like what is marijuana? I think it's pot. Okay. Um, has become this like wonder implement to make money. That there's zero. When was the last time you saw an anti-marijuana campaign? You see anti-alcohol, anti-gambling. You see anti-smoking. All these other things. We see the anti-conservative, anti-Jesus. Right. You see campaigns anti-God. left and right, and, and things that get over-legislated. You know, uh, Sossel did a great. John Sossel on Fox did a great um, thing on gambling a couple weeks ago, as to why the hell the government over-regulates gambling to the point that it does, and that people should be allowed to make their own decisions. And everyone said, "Oh, but." Gambling can become addictive and can destroy lives, and so can a lot of other things that we do. And right. not all of them are deemed bad by our society. Right. And I know that there are societies that gambling's looked up upon, like it's looked upon as a good thing. I have a friend of mine, and this is not stereotypical, this is a reality. I have a friend of mine that works in a casino, and a, lot, a majority of their um, uh, players are Asian. And he said that he didn't know when he started working there, but... Uh, it's one of those things that is so accepted within the culture mm-hmm. um, that it's actually looked up upon. Like that's a good thing to do with your money, and you know because they they take a very spiritual approach to it. Um, whether it works or it doesn't work, I know it doesn't work for me, and I get real spiritual when I gamble, and I get even more spiritual when I lose. But <laughs> well, my, you know, speaking of spiritual, I, I have a family member, my uncle, that actually believes slot machines. Um, are either male or female, and he will fondle the coin slot appropriately <laughs> prior to pulling the lever. And he's dead serious. About this. I know. He like swears People that by gamble this have this unbelievably set way. Like they do this every single time. It's like the people that only play a slot machine if it's the third in from the right, and it has to be this type of machine. But um, you know, that's all they're doing is they're just getting something that they couldn't regulate and regulating it. But unlike a lot of other quote unquote vices, they're not even highlighting slightly the true risks of marijuana. I look at DUI and look at MAD and what they do with DUI campaigns. And, whether, you know, I mean, I think we can all agree you shouldn't drink and drive. That's not really right. a hard thing to figure out. But um, the effects of marijuana, when somebody's smoked marijuana or ingested it or whatever, it is just as bad, if not worse, than alcohol on some levels. Well, it, it is, well you, you have two different forms of the THC, right? You have carboxy and hydroxy THC. We looked this up, um, and you have one form that affects you where you feel the high. The other one can affect you up to 24 hours where you don't feel the high, but it still has that, that element of impairment to mm-hmm. it. So you don't know that it's affecting your body in a certain way. That's dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, like watching MSNBC. Yeah, for, for, well, it's worse than – well, no, it's not worse than that. <laughs> Nothing is worse Nothing's than that. Nothing's worse than that. Nothing's worse than that. Um, but it, where's the campaign on that? You know what I mean? Where, where is that campaign where – hey, you know what? You can't smoke and drive. You can't smoke and do this. You can't smoke and do that. And if you're going to do it, you've got to be safe because that would destroy the image that they're trying to push with marijuana right now. And that the you know, department, even Holder said he would decriminalize it and he doesn't think that it should be. And, That's and, not his job. Right, exactly. It's his, not job his job is to uphold the law. If, if, the, Senate, if the, the, uh, the Senate and the House passed a bill saying, hey, you know what, marijuana is legal in the United States, and the president signed it into law, fine. It went through the proper channels. We can debate the merits of that law, but that's the law, and his job as attorney general 
is let's to enforce there, it. Right. Let's say there was an attorney general that didn't think it should be legal. Well, guess what? It is, so that's your job. Deal, deal with the law as, mm-hmm. as it is. Um, you know, I like how they say, well, Obamacare, it's the law of the land. That well, doesn't mean it's a good law. Right. It doesn't mean it's a good law. But hey, you know what else is the law of the land? Immigration. Second Amendment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> First, the, second, the, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I could keep the, going. The, the sentence that you just went to, to prison behind. Right. For over 10 years. For, right. For trafficking marijuana across state lines and you got arrested. You know, all, all these things that are the law, and if you, like you just said, if you don't like it, repeal it. And I really think that um, this whole reduction of sentencing um, is – I understand that they need to change the law, and I agree to a point that they need to lessen some of it and, and worry. But I also agree that if they need to focus on other things if they're going to lessen this. So, hey, if they said we're going to open up more room in prisons for all the illegal aliens that are committing crimes – Criminal aliens. Criminal aliens. You mean the ones that are committing crimes because they came here illegally? Right. Then I'd, I'd say, okay, I can understand that. They need to open it up. Or, the, you know, things like that. But they're I got not. An idea. Build more. I, I, hey. How's that? I am the first one to say I build have more. no hey, the problem. The feds want more land, right? They own all this land, BLM. They, like, build more prisons. Yeah. They Let the inmates care for the freaking tortoise. Absolutely. Right let, here. This turtle is yours. Care for it. I hit the tort eye. Um, you know, it's one of those things. You know, it'd be a great place for a supermax prison. It, it's on federal land. Washington D.C. Gigantic supermax. Wouldn't that be great? It, it already is. It's called the White House. <laughs> Ken wants me to say something before we go to break, and I'll say it. Sticky progressive juice? No, he says that was rooster. I have to say in the law of the land, but I have to say it like apparently like a black person auditioning to Walt Disney. This isn't a fair challenge in the chat room, Ken. This is not a fair challenge because no matter how I say it, I'm going to be mocked. And no matter how I say it, people are going to be insulted. Should uh, Hang on a second. Which way should I go about this, do you think? And just a a note for dear Ken – Disney was so offended by Uncle Remus. How how racist is Disney for taking Song of the South um, out of circulation because they said it was racist? Aren't they the racist ones for censoring a a a black man who was from the South and maybe poor and sounded uneducated? Why do they hate him so much that they don't even want uh, him out there <laughs> singing Zippity Doodah with Blair Rabbit? My oh my, it's the law of the land. Is that is that all right? All I know is I'm looking forward to Uncle He's Jemima's tra- he wa- smash liquor. It's the law of the land. It's the law of the land. I think is what he was looking it's for. It's the law of the land. I'm just looking forward to Uncle Jemima's sour mash liquor. That's something that I can't wait to hit the streets. So that's going to be outstanding. Three four seven two zero five nine three nine nine. It's the law of the land. Here on the Sackheads Radio Show. Back in three. Radio. Radio. The Actionaries Speak radio program. Introduce a little anarchy. Upset the established order and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's beer. Friday night, 
8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time here on BTR. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. This is Tammy Jackson inviting you to join me on the Tammy Jackson Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on the 405radio.com. Put down that remote and tune into the show that covers politics, guns in the Second Amendment, religious liberty, sanctity of life, the military, and more. I host newsworthy guests and work hard to be a conservative radio show that's not like all the others. So stay Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific for me, Tammy Jackson, on the 405media.com. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hi, this is Rooster from Outcry Radio. Catch me here on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or follow my blog at conservativeoutcry.net. Now, back to the Sackheads. 347-205-9399. Thank you, Rooster. We appreciate hearing higher on the Sackheads Radio Show. Dude, did you really have to do the Uncle Remus impression the entire time we were in break? What? I'm doing a Sudoku. I can't help it if I count that way. <laughs> are we back? Oh, Let me know when we're back. We are back. So no, we're not. Flash your fingers or something. <laughs> so it, kind of funny thing happened this week. Um, like ha-ha funny or like? Well, I, I just I caught quick news flashes. Maybe you know a little bit more about this. But did we invade Poland or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, from what I understand, 100 and, uh, 150 U.S. paratroopers invaded Poland. That's, from the 173rd Airborne Brigade. Yeah, that was a cool. And don't get me wrong, I have no doubt that they could do it. Um, but but um, that, judging from what I saw on left wing media, that's uh, that's pretty much what happened. So that ought to be interesting. Um, no, so apparently, what's now, interesting about it <laughs> now? Apparently, we're going to start bolstering our forces over in Eastern... I see what you did there, bolster, like Bolshevik. That was pretty good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Iggy Mom said something queer happened this week. Yeah, the U.S. invades Poland. Yeah, and queer, another word we'll have to take back. Yeah, we're going to add that to the take back. It's odd or strange. Thank oh. you very much. Nice use of the word. 
Very, very good news. Um, so, um, yeah, some, some, uh, <laughs> I love, I love it. So according to uh, Rear Admiral John Kirby, um, there's going to be about 600 troops are going to be uh, headed across various countries in Eastern Europe, and they're going to be conducting military exercises over the next month or so. And the, uh, as, we, as we indicated, about 150 paratroopers uh, from the 173rd Airborne um, Brigade uh, just arrived in Poland. Now, I don't know whether they landed in an airplane or whether they actually uh, jumped out and reenacted uh, the opening scene of Red Dawn. I don't know. But apparently apparently some paratroopers arrived in Poland. Do they get nervous when other militaries show up? Like, do they have flashbacks to, like, 1939? <laughs> what? Just like, ah, oh, 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 they're okay? Oh, they- right. Oh, I would throw a red armband on every single paratrooper. Oh, come on. What? Why? No, do you remember the Clint Eastwood movie, Red Armband, Blue Armband? And they... Moving on up. <laughs> um, you don't know. <laughs> so they say what? So Latvia, Estonia? They're going to be going to Latvia, Estonia, and Lithuania. Um, they're not there yet, but they expect uh, they expect to be there by by Monday. And it's, it's a U.S. show of strength for us. And apparently they're going to try and ease tensions by putting more troops there. I'm yep. sure they'll nail that. Well, it almost makes me think that uh, somebody in the military finally turned around and said, uh, yeah, Mr. President, it's all well and good to do these sanctions and everything, but not working. And just in did, case. Did somebody say, Mr. President, we think, or did they say, hey, by the way, we got the, this happened? No. No, unfortunately, I think this guy's so such a megalomaniac that he absolutely has to get every single decision run across his desk. Well, Defense Secretary uh, Chuck Hagel uh, indicated that this exercise, this this fork multi multinational uh, exercise in in these European countries, are quote aimed at reassuring NATO allies of uh, America's commitment. You know what else would do so that? A missile shield. I'm just saying, a missile shield. Or a is missile not a bad strike. Idea. You know what would be great is if the president listened to the Sackheads radio show and three months ago when all this really started. You don't think he listens? That we, uh, uh, we kind of told him all this. And if you go back and check our show, I think up to this point, mm-hmm. we've been pretty accurate with what should have been done already. You know, you compile this with the fact and, – and this must say really hellacious things to the Ukrainian people. Hey, you know, we did nothing um, – we did nothing to defend you when the Russians invaded, uh-huh. even though you're technically an ally and you're a pre-NATO member and all this other stuff. You've actually exercised with NATO, and you could meet the criteria if we rushed it right through. Weird. Um, but just in case, we like Poland and uh, Estonia and Latvia more, so we're going to put our troops there. While you're still dealing with Russian troops expanding their grip and control over the eastern part of your country, go pound sand. Oh, and by the way, we're not going to give you any – Military aid whatsoever, no munitions, no weapons. No, we'll give you like glow sticks. We'll give you glow sticks, night vision goggles, and a couple of rations. Not a whole we'll, box. We'll give you glow worms and light bright <laughs> and, and and like and like spy gear. And we'll also give you uh, a couple boxes of the t-shirts made for the Super Bowl champion right. and, that didn't and, win. And Lego Duplos, not even like the good creators, like Lego Duplos, so you can like fashion something. If you're the Ukraine right now. Why would you not just turn around and be like, yeah, we're going to Russia? And spam. Spam. Nah, don't give up the spam. We I like love that. spam. Um, but seriously, if you're the Ukraine right now, why don't you just turn around and call Russia and say, hey, you know what? The hell with it. Because they apparently don't care about us. And if you're actually going to start treating us 
better. I mean, anything's going to be better than what the Americans just did to us. They came here, threw a couple figurehead speeches out, wagged their finger at you, which you obviously don't care. And now this makes us even more nervous because the countries they do want to defend, we're going to be caught in the middle if something goes down, literally in the middle. And you've done nothing for us. You, Like you said, you won't even give us effing light brights. But they're going to throw boots on the ground over there. And I bet you – What if China What if China went into Ukraine to defend against the Russians? Dude, how – Just to make us look bad. <laughs> how insane would that be? Or Iran is like the U.S. They are not good. And they go <laughs> – All of a sudden they show up. Lebanon's in there. Like what the hell is going on here right now? <laughs> Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Like just to turn them. Yeah. Uh, Al-Qaeda hates Russia anyhow. Yeah. So why not, right? I mean, we've opened up. That's a political nightmare, and I think that's something that gets overlooked a lot right now is how we treated Ukraine a t- an ally, and then what we're saying even more. Now, I, I can almost predict that you're going to start seeing the missile shields go back up there soon, um, especially if Putin doesn't step back. Especially after the, the 2016 elections. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, if the conservative gets in office, they'll be up by 2016 plus three um, days. You know, uh, but I know I think, see, but you look at putting action, uh, putting troops in place here in Eastern Europe, and then you turn around and you look at what the president said today in Japan about China and the, the contested islands that Japan owns and China says they have rights to all of a sudden. And the president pretty much said, hey, you know what, if China tries any aggression, we have you back because we have an agreement uh, that goes back to World War II that will defend you and we're we're bound to do it. Mm -hmm. He's trying to tough talk the Democrats up right now, not necessarily him, Mm -hmm. but the left itself. Um, And and, hey, look, you know, we're not so weak on foreign policy. I know they killed four of our people in Benghazi, and I know that Russia took over the Ukraine and – I know that the whole red line thing in Syria happened, and Iran's almost going to have a nuclear weapon, and Al-Qaeda's not really on the run. But damn it, we have balls the size of... Raisins. Raisinets. <laughs> because that's like little raisins. But that's the reality. Um, that, I said raisinets but, but he's little, trying. Hang on, I said raisinets because of little raisins, not because they're chocolate-covered. It had nothing to do with a race joke. Ken, no can I apologize small. now, Ken, for uh, the exceptional conservative? Just I apologize for my partner region. now. Um, I don't Not know where he gets covered. some of the stuff, and, and it just it's, doesn't stop. I and I, I try like to counsel him, Ken. I really do. But and, and to everybody in the black community out there, I apologize. Um, moving on. <laughs> but you know, all of a sudden now that they're, they're the, the longer we go on, um, they're gonna uh, the midterm is falling further and further away from the Democrats. There's a couple of contested states, but I mean, let's face it, we're about to get hot and heavy, and numbers aren't looking good for them. And with the election two years away, he's trying to make the Dems look stronger. But here's the problem, and this is something, if he defends China and it backfires on him, like say uh, Japan, rather. Let's say J- China. Are we talking about Russia or Japan? I'm talking about his foreign policy and his Holy weak cow, foreign policy. How did you draw that? Because I went from, okay, take me through it. All right, we started in Russia, right. invading the Ukraine. We started in Poland. Then, Well, we started in Russia. Poland, and then. We talked about the troops in Eastern Europe the Ukraine. and how all of a sudden now the president's getting tough on things. And then he makes the statement. And then the Ukraine and then who's going to defend the Ukraine? China. Right. And then we got on China, which led Thank to you. Japan. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just trying to draw the so, picture. 
I fell behind. So ridiculous. I fell behind. So ridiculous With sometimes. my flow chart that I have going the on. The flow chart. <laughs> the BS crazy flow chart. Um, so, but it's going to backfire. If it backfires, he already has a um, a plan in place because he's say, oh, I know we, we got into it with China and I'm the anti-war president and I'm going to end all wars and I got us into another one with China. But that wasn't my fault because that's an agreement that we have to live up to our agreements. And that's an agreement we made in the 40s with Japan, so uh, sorry. Like other agreements that we've made. Um, right. Well, there's, there's, another, there's another key to this whole Russia mess, and that is uh, the U.S. intelligence officials. And there was a, a report of the Washington Free Beacon um, that talked about uh, U.S. intelligence officials have been warning the, the um, members of the Senate that Putin is, is positioned in terms of where his troops are. Um, to go into Georgia and Moldova as well. Hmm? Say what? That Say was, what? That was for, that was for Ken. <laughs> you know, do you remember the TV show, What's Happening? Oh, let's just move on now. This, shh, whatever you're thinking about we saying, We need that theme music good. for Ken. No, we already have Do you remember Rerun? <laughs> come on. Okay. So... Um, there's a, a Senator uh, Inhofe, 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 I can't even pronounce his name. It's Jim from Oklahoma. <laughs> Jim from Oklahoma, you're live in the air with the Sackheads radio show. No, we don't have a caller. Okay. No, anyone, anyone? No. Um, he's he's gonna he's gonna write a resolution um, that is gonna demand Russia removes its uh, 1,200 troops and military stockpiles that it has in in the country of. Of Moldova, and we already know that they've been into Georgia already. Um, if you go to NATO's page, mm-hmm. uh, it's NATO.int, and you can check out NATO's relations with various uh, countries, and it talks about NATO's relations with Moldova, and what it says about Moldova is a constitutionally neutral country, basically seeking to draw closer to Euro-Atlantic uh, standards and institutions, but. Um, NATO and Moldova have act- actively cooperated um, on many defense reforms. They've developed practical cooperation. And uh, Moldova has actually um, committed troops to some um, NATO-led missions in Kosovo. So they're integrating pretty well into NATO. So what happens now if Russia, they have these troops ready to go, uh, into into that area as well as Georgia, what's the U.S. going to do, or what's what's NATO going to do if uh, Vlad the Putt Putt decides to pop in decides, to Moldova? Decides to pop well, listen, into Moldova as well. It puts him in a terrible situation. Um, you know, it, it, I'm always curious to see that if Russia takes back a NATO country, and Moldova is not a NATO country. No, but if let's say he, but they're I cooperating, think, right? Let's say NATO is a country, right? NATO is a country. Let's, let's say Moldova, say, <laughs> Moldova is a country it right is a now, country. a NATO country. Oh, okay. And let's say R- Russia takes that back. Um, is does that now give Russia NATO status? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> and then what if they invoke Article Thirty Four on us? Right. <laughs> Right, we need your help taking Georgia because they're pissing us off. Wait, what? 
seriously. Like like the country? No, the state. But this is a problem when we we get too trusting and buddy buddy with countries that we know we can't trust. There's a history that we can't trust. There's types of leaders that we cannot trust, and we do this crap. And then all of a sudden, when we look bad, everyone says, oh, "I never saw it coming." It was the weirdest thing. I couldn't believe that my husband hit me again. I mean, that's pretty much we. Your just, husband hit you again. We just became the battered wife of of the world. Like. Once again, we're getting hit in the face by people that we thought loved us, and we're doing nothing about That's it. That's very insensitive of you. Why? For any battered women that are out there, it's not your fault. Um, you know what I mean. Be. I do know what you mean, and now I have to apologize for it. <laughs> so excuse me. You apologize to the black community. <laughs> Let me apologize. That was deserving. To the battered Mine was women satire. That, no, no, mine was cheeky and funny. <laughs> Yours was cruel and hurtful. Evil shenanigans. <laughs> so, but but we now listen. Eastern Europe is starting to become a boiling cauldron again, again. And who's the player again? Russia. Who is the player with Iran? Russia. Who's the player with Syria? Russia. We have done so much to empower Russia to take these steps, and we're doing so little to stop them from moving forward. I cannot imagine how this president is going to ever, ever do anything to stop him. 600 troops against the entire Russian army. We're going to throw 600 troops over there. But it's, it's something. It's more than, well, we're just staying at home. No, you know what right? would have been great? It's an exercise. To have the amphibious ship pull up and 1,000 Marines walk off, and then the planes land and 600 airborne people walk off. No, nah, we're just here for an exercise like you guys are just over the border in Ukraine. Same thing. We're just here playing ball. Don't worry about us. We're just, we're just going to play some ball with the Latvians and the Estonians. and so We're just going to chill for a little bit. All 25,000 of us, just so you know, we're here playing ball. You guys have fun over there in the Ukraine. Nice hats. And walk away. You know, <laughs> that's what he should have done, but he should have done it two and a half months ago. What, what he should have done is put a missile, missile shield in place. Mm-hmm. And next time a Soviet bomber flies close to launch a missile, and forget I said anything. Ken in the chat room brought up a great show. If UNICEF does commercials for invading Russia, we would be there tomorrow. <laughs> it's true. If the UN all of a sudden made this a priority and the UNICEF boxes and remember they they used to be in the stores that you used to put your change in and everything and yeah. UNICEF UNICEF to invade Russia and everyone's just throwing money every liberal in the world is like oh, I want to throw money in now to invade I don't even know what invade means I smoked pot all night but that's cool there's my eight cents walk away that would be outstanding that would be just amazing at this point <laughs> UNICEF to invade Russia I think we should start the campaign. We should start the Invade Russia campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? Raise money. For what? Are we going to invade Russia? Wait, what? (laughs) Right. (laughs) We can't even support ourselves right now. On the front of the the shirt, Invade Russia. On the back, China, you're next. (laughs) This police action supported by UNICEF. They should put that in the back of every truck that's going over there right now. But I don't know why that makes me laugh as much as it does. It's so ridiculous. But 
we're eventually going to have to put more troops there to, to be all serious, try to be serious anyways. We're going to have to put more troops there because the 600 is a start. It's not a message, and they're probably going to put more troops there. But what happens if – see, we're playing chicken. What, but, but what is – okay, and that's my point. We're playing chicken. What's, okay, so we build up troops, and then they, and then they go Sorry. into – I just hate when you take my point when I almost and, made a point. Well, you almost made a point when I was going there first. <laughs> no, you weren't, chicken. I was chicken. <laughs> so at what point is – Okay, so they take Georgia, and then they take right. – okay, big deal. What are we going to – we're not going to go in there. We're not, we're not going to go in What if Russia. NATO does, though? Right, we have to, although – We already have planes over there on patrol for NATO. We've well, added them recently. Yeah, what do we have, like one – No, we T30, put a couple of – One T-38 or <laughs> one, <laughs> one, one B-17 we got on a Moth one little One little Piper Cub. Um, right. No, 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 hey, but military, no, we've right? added, uh, I think, it's six it. or seven F- uh, F-15 and F-16 fighters. Um, uh, but here's, yeah, that's a bunch. here's what I'm afraid is going to happen is we're going to put the 600 over there and Putin's going to dump 10,000 over the border in Ukraine or in Ukraine now, in Crimea. And that's the point, though, that we're, we're not going to do anything. Now, if, no, if NATO ramps up, okay, now we're committed. So, but do you really think this president is going to commit a significant force? I don't. And if he does commit a significant force, now what's Iran going to do? What's China going to do? Now China goes and takes those southern islands of Japan. What are we supposed to do? Right. North Korea uh, jumps and they and they start screwing with South. What are we going to do? But let's just uh, Iran the... starts messing. Well, it all ties together. It, though, it does all tie together. But let's just so, look at we are so spread thin right now, mm-hmm. and this administration is talking about downsizing our military from mm-hmm. being able to fight two wars and being being. Uh, able to win two wars to deterring one and winning one. And we can't do it. We're facing potentially four different conflicts on, on four different fronts. And, you know, we, we, we talk about Russia. I want to get into the next segment here. I don't, I don't want to show visit, but we're <laughs> going to talk about economics here in a minute or in, in uh, five seven or so. <laughs> So what's the point? I mean, well, yeah, I, we're doing exercises with Poland, take, and that's all fine But and let's good. take it one country at a time. Let's just deal with Russia, Crimea. Take all the other ones away right now. Does he honestly think that sending troops is the message? That it, does he really think that oh, Putin's all of a sudden going to turn around and be like, oh, my. But you can't take Obama the other countries out of the equation. Pissed. You can't take the other countries out of the equation because they absolutely go into our No, they do, but I just, I'm just talking about that initial conflict. I understand the web. I understand the web works. I'm just talking about that contact specifically. He honestly thinks that I think Putin is going to turn around and all of a sudden like think that he took testosterone pills all the night and be like, you know, damn, he's pissed now. Let me get these guys out. When reality is, is he's going to call his bluff. Is that testosterone or deer antler spray? <laughs> deer antler spray. <laughs> you know, but he's going to call the bluff. He's already in the eastern uh, Ukraine. This pitch is a Russian soldier. Okay, I think. Up. Hold on. I think the Times did a great piece. I, I want to say it was the Times where they took pictures of um, well-known, prominent Russian military leaders uh-huh. and started comparing the pictures of guys in the Ukraine that are actively directing the quote-unquote militia, and they were the same people. Well, let me let me ask you this. So, if if Obama does all of a sudden get tough, is Congress <laughs> going to investigate him for performance-enhancing drug use? HGH. Because clearly he's taking something. What do you to get sidelined for HGH? 
right. No, that would be horrible because then we're and, stuck with Biden. And we'll, I was just going to say, and will Biden be pushing the charge? <laughs> hey, uh, everybody knows Obama's not tough, and look what he's doing. <laughs> I think there's uh, presidential enhancing drugs. Oh, wait, what did you say? Yeah. Russia's in Crimea? When the hell did that happen? Uh, four months ago, Mr. Vice President. Oh, that was a big effing deal. Uh I say that about a lot of we things. Got, All right, well, we I have got some bombs or something we can I, drop on those. I got an idea. Let's call Vlad up and have him. He doesn't want to talk to me. Okay. Uh, game of cards. I will beat him in a game of go fish. No, no, no. We're playing. We're playing War. Indian poker. <laughs> <laughs> I believe. I believe that. Skype him. No, he's got to be able to see my card, and I've got to see his. Skype him. <laughs> Is this a good card? Oh, you can't tell me. <laughs> Okay. Oh wait. Oh, my picture's in the bottom right. That's a shitty card. Give me another card. Yeah, I just picture I just picture Joe like sitting there. <laughs> uh, the Russians want to go to war with us. Awesome. I'm great at this game. Give me a deck of cards. You're like just so far out of reach. So right. why does Putin have 52 aces? Did somebody cheat? Is he cheating? No. Okay. Who checked his cards? No. You know, it's going to be a buildup, and he's not going to blink. Like you said, it's a game of chicken. Putin's not going to blink. But now that brings me to China, too, because let's say we start buying into that buildup and we start massing troops in Eastern Europe, like a lot. Okay. All the guys coming back from Afghanistan, Iraq, we start a- activating troops and all that, put them over there. And then China goes, oh, you guys are busy, huh? I'm just going to go ahead and take this little island right here. Yeah. And then – the and then problem. we say, hey, we're not paying you back any of the money we owe you, so go ahead and enjoy that island. Uh, but that will never happen because we have to li- live up to our needs and not live up to our agreements because we're that kind of country. Yeah, but hey, you we... took that island. We're not paying you until you give that island back. Is that cool? We're not importing any more of your crap, any more of your lead-painted. Never happened. We're not that will never happen. Importing any more I agree crap. it should happen. Don't get me Executive wrong. Executive order. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, we talked about that already. I just <laughs> – Ken in the chat room, Putin tells men of Russia that single rich women are in Batavia and Eastern Bloc. That's why he's willing to cross the borders. And Bruce just says, why can't I get RussianMingle.com out of my head? <laughs> That's what Joe's saying right now. Biden, he's like, RussianMingle.com. I'm in on it. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's a, this is. And as we said at the beginning of this, this is a summary of his weak foreign policy. And everyone can say that it's Putin being Putin, but then that doesn't but explain Putin China. Being Putin because of his foreign of policy. His weak foreign policy. That doesn't explain China starting to ramp up their aggressions. Syria doing what it's doing. Iran still building the new. I don't care. You can say, you can try to pigeonhole all this into Russia and saying, oh, you know, this is because. Um, he's acting like a 19th century dictator, and that's not how we should act in modern society. And we've left our friends behind already. Right. Um, let's, let's look and see what we've done with, with uh, Israel. Yeah, absolutely. And, Horrible position. And Horrible position. It is hor- and I'm really curious to see what – here's why I don't, I'm not sure NATO would be, would be invoked or what the NATO countries would do because where do they get their energy from? They get it from Russia. And you look at why Great Britain has been kind of silent Hands on off. this whole oh, thing. Yeah. Hands off. And that's going to lead us into our next segment. We're up against a break. 347-205-9399 if you want to call and talk to Sako and ask about his chin hair here on the Sackheads Radio Show. Sackheads Radio. The Actionary Speak Radio Program. Introduce a little anarchy. 
upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, and you know the thing about chaos? It's fair. Friday night, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, here on BTR. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. This is Tammy Jackson, inviting you to join me on The Tammy Jackson Show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on the 405radio.com. Put down that remote and tune into the show that covers politics, guns in the Second Amendment, religious liberty, sanctity of life, the military, and more. I host newsworthy guests and work hard to be a conservative radio show that's not like all the others. So stay Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific from me, Tammy Jackson, on the 405media.com. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature, and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. Hi, this is Rooster from Outcry Radio. Catch me here on Blog Talk Radio every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or follow my blog at conservativeoutcry.net. Now, back to the sackheads. Let me know live. I'm going to eat this cheeseburger right here. 347-205-9399. I love how the lead-in music is playing, and you've been sitting there pecking away at your phone the entire break. Ignoring us as we're trying to talk about. Now hang the show. on a second. Hold on. No, 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 no. Mute Because him. I have sources in the field. <laughs> I know you that do. are giving us some information right now, <laughs> and that's what I was talking to. And so, I, because I was working for the show while you were out on your personal time, <laughs> I, was... I didn't have an opportunity to take personal time. <laughs> now, like I was saying. How did we defeat the Russians during the Cold War? And we talked about – Energy was huge. Energy was huge. And we talked about this with Congressman Sessions uh, when, we, when he was at, at the uh, – Cal RNC convention. No big deal. We, we uh, asked a question and nailed it. So <sighs> one of the things that he talked about was, was energy. And uh, we look at how we won the Cold War prior, and it was energy. And you know the Obama administration – came up and uh, said that, hey, we're going we're gonna to put off Keystone. 
why do you think that is? Is could it be because of that what that rich donor was going to donate like a billion dollars or something ridiculous to anybody that opposed Keystone and fund people that were for Keystone? Anyway, so he puts the the Keystone decision off indefinitely. Right, we are until, coming up for midterms. I'm well, sure it wasn't and we all know what that is. That's so he can try to secure as many. No, it wasn't as, political because Carney would have said it was if it was. Okay. <laughs> Really? Is that how that works? Yes. <laughs> Carney is a communications man of are challenging here. <laughs> See what I mean? Man of character, stand-up guy. So, well, like, like he, a, he put it off so he can rally around the environmental people to try to donate money to re-election campaigns. That's, that's not whole, true. It is true. It's not true. Where Carney would have said, "Okay, it was politically motivated." <laughs> See, this is why conservative radio gets a bad rap, because you always think they're up to some shenanigans. They are. <laughs> well, in, in, so the Keystone Pipeline is getting a lot of play, but um, there's a, a, a natural gas facility, liquefied natural gas facility in Maryland. And they are um, looking to invest. There's an energy company, Dominion Resources. They want to invest uh, almost $4 billion to upgrade the uh, natural gas facility and turn it into an export terminal so that we can export liquefied natural gas. Well, why do we want to do that? That would make us money. Weird, right? Right. And they can export from, from this facility. Um, it would become the East Coast's primary liquefied natural gas export facility, and they would be able to export to India, um, Japan, uh, name it. And who do you think is is fighting this? Hmm. I'm going to say... It rhymes with environmental groups. <laughs> I'm going to say environmental groups. <laughs> yes, you nailed it. I don't know how you guessed it, but, but you nailed it. So environmental groups are all up in arms. Well, no. Why do we want to export energy? This is blah, environment, blah, blah, blah. They sound like Dracula. Blah, blah, blah environment, blah, blah, blah. Tortoise, blah. Blah, killing stuff, blah. <laughs> Think of the pig ones covered in oil, blah. They are the undead. They are the undead. <laughs> right? <laughs> blah. <laughs> Must save trees. What about people? Oh, screw them. They suck. Yeah, blah. Blah. Go on. That's our new, that's our new term for <laughs> environmentalists. What do the environmentalists say? Blah. 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 blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> I kill us tonight. Rooster in the chat. I want to suck your gas out of your tank and put it in somewhere else and put natural oil in your tank, like corn oil and stuff that costs more. Did you say Gas with a G in front, or yes. was there? Yes. I didn't know if there was a G. There was in front. a G in front there. I didn't know. It's G, Rooster. G, gas. I, I can't read. I know that. Rooster. My sometimes it is blank right now. It's weird. <laughs> uh, look, it would mean increased tax revenue mm -hmm. uh, for for the county. Um, it would be increased, obviously, jobs building building the facility, uh, increased exports, uh, and then maintaining the facility. Yeah, absolutely. So jobs in the region, um, the Department of Energy has uh, given the company permission to export gas. Um, they're waiting their environmental assessment, um, which I'm sure it'll be awesome, right? How could this be bad? Environmental groups are saying it's bad. 
How, how can this be bad? Go ahead. Honey, uh, what do you think? Let's see. There's going to be like a, there's going to be a snail or something that occupies that section mm-hmm. of Maryland that it would be affecting. Well, let's see. Here's a quote from Mike Tidwell. Mike Tidwell from the Chesapeake Climate hey, hi, Action uh, Mike Network. My name Anna. is Mike. I'm Mike Tidwell. The Chesapeake Action Network. Ches- Chesapeake Climate Action Whoa. Network. So Mike and I just I, I bet picture, you they get together as a I picture, badass I, like the Hell's Angels and stuff like right, that. I picture Mike with like like I picture Jay Carney. I, I I see I don't picture Jay Carney. I picture Jay Carney in Birkenstocks <laughs> with like a joint in the crack of his ass hanging out or something. <laughs> little Mike Tidwell. Little drug rug on. Right. Purple sunglasses. Right. So the odor of patchouli and wood pussy just everywhere. Everywhere as he as he walks <laughs> down the street. <laughs> So he says, quote, everybody in the U.S. economy will Make suffer. Make fun of me. Oh. No, we'll suffer from gas exports, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, except one injure inner industry, and that's the gas industry, which will make lots and lots of money. All right, so where's the bad part of Hang that? Hang on, that's a direct quote. Let me say it again. <laughs> everybody in the U.S. economy will suffer from gas exports, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, except for one industry, and that's the gas industry, which will make lots and lots of money. Hey, you know who makes lots and lots of money off cars? Who? The car industry. You know who makes lots and lots of money off coal? Who? Coal industry. You know who makes lots and lots of money off football? Who? Surprisingly, advertisers. Huh. Well, well you know. And the NFL teams. And the NFL teams. That's right, and players. So, what? <laughs> is that not the... They'll make lots and lots of he, money. They need to change his How name to Captain Obvious. Captain Obvious of the Chesapeake Climate Control so this, System. This, I don't know if he's a – he may be major. Major. Major Obvious. Obvious. This is a quote taken from Fox <laughs> News on this article, what? foxnews.com. But I just – they're lots and lots of money. That's their argument. Are you kidding me? That's your argument? But that's the fight. So, that's no, the left well, redistributing wealth. On, God let's, forbid. Let's exercise logic and put this to his argument. Okay. Everybody in the U.S. economy will suffer, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, except one industry, except the gas industry. Let's look at this. So it's going to take construction crews to build this, correct? Mm-hmm. That's going to mean construction jobs. Uh-huh. Are construction jobs in the gas industry? No. They're in the no. construction industry. So he's lying. Um, or he's wrong. Mm-hmm. And another word for wrong would be maybe he's ill-informed, which means he's ignorant. Right. Ignoramus. So, so igno- Mike Tidwell is potentially an ignoramus. Yes. Unconfirmed. Breaking news, <laughs> but we're making a pretty good case for it. Unconfirmed report at this time, but we're in the process. Breaking right. news here on Chesapeake Radio Climate Show. Action Network's Mike Tidwell is Isn't potentially an ignoramus. More at 11. Go on. Right. So... <laughs> Construction, uh, cons- the families of construction crew, because they're going to get a paycheck from this project, and they're going to be going to the store to purchase food from um, stores to purchase. Oh, so Walmart's going to get all the money. Got it. Pur- Gas so and Walmart, they're are, in it together. Are they? Are they? Are they suffering from from this? Yes, because they're going to buy food that's unhealthy, and they don't know it's unhealthy. Oh, for so them. they're not suffering it. So Mike Tidwell again is. An ignoramus. An ignoramus. It, its evidence is certainly mounting and pointing up that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so 
Now, if people have more money to give, to give to their churches for local charities and so forth, right, because churches help out, or maybe they have more money in so they're able to donate. Uh, 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 they're uh, able to donate more to the homeless population. A soup population. kitchen. Or, soup kitchens or, or whatever, maybe purchase toys, toys for tots or, or something of that nature. So are they suffering or are they potentially benefiting? Benefiting. They're benefiting. So Mike Tidwell, why do you hate homeless people and orphan children that are not going to be able to benefit from people's increased pay and, and being able to be more charitable? Why do you hate homeless people? <laughs> we just made a case that Mike Tidwell because hates they're bad homeless for the people, environment. hates homeless people and orphan children. Based on his logic, pretty much. Based upon his logic. <laughs> now, let's take his argument at face value, which we just disproved pretty handily. If, let's say just the gas industry. Let's say only the gas industry benefited. Nobody else. Dude. What? That's Mike Tidwell. Mike Rooster? Tidwell looks like a douchebag. So... <laughs> Pull everybody pull up a picture of Mike T- Tidwell. You you can go Rooster linked it in the chat room, but it's ChesapeakeClimate.org slash Mike Dash Tidwell. And T-I-G-W-L-L. I nominate him for the biggest looking douchebag, second only to Mike Moore. He looks like if Mike Moore had a kid. Why the hell you gonna put me on the spot like that? Uh, Michael Moore's a douchebag. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And I hate to do this to Glenn Beck, but if Mike Moore and Glenn Beck had a kid, that's what it would he look would like. Look like he would look like Tidwell. Uh. Am I wrong? And I hate to do that to Glenn Beck. I apologize, Mr. Beck, for doing that to you, but that's funny. I don't care who you are. Um, <laughs> but let's take douchebag Tidwell at the face, and let's say that just the gas industry made lots and lots of money. <laughs> Which are is they, he, he essentially just said this. <laughs> lots and lots of money. Our 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 family are they going to be able to hire more people? Yes. Yes. Um, does that benefit the gas industry? Well, yes, but it also benefits their families. Absolutely. Which then in turn benefits the economy in other ways and so forth. It's weird. Um, leftists, you should read a book called Wealth of Nations. But I digress. <laughs> What are your thoughts on this? I've been talking and kind of going off on a mini rant. What do you think? Well, I, listen, you, you've hit the nail on the head. When we talked about Keystone, you know, there's a lot of things, and I want to kind of just go through what we talked about, you know, um, or what you talked about. You talked about Keystone. A lot of people don't realize that um, the last third of the Keystone pipeline is approved. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the oil that would go through the pipeline, which would be built next to the existing pipeline, essentially, mm-hmm. um, is already going to the Gulf but it's costing a lot more money because it's going by rail and truck, which is actually more dangerous than the pipeline itself and causes more damage to the environment because they, they burn um, fuels by driving all the way up from Calgary. But it's about lots and lots of money. So, so I, I did want to chime in on the pipeline there and how stupid and ridiculous that is. And, and then we go to um, uh, Maryland on this LNG export Let's ask the people down on the Gulf Coast how awful the LNG has been for all those people that work there at the LNG exports. Because the last I checked, and I actually have relatives down in Louisiana, um, a lot of people work on gas export down there, and and they do pretty well. Um, And that's a huge industry. The other industry that does get affected is the shipping industry. And and to be... To be fair, because I haven't mentioned this part of the story, fracking uh, would be used in this this whole... whole picture here uh-huh. 
and that's part of the the environmental don't care. concern. I don't, I, care. I don't either. I don't either. Frack, frack the heck out of it. Frack right. them. It's been proven to be far less harmless than they like to think it is. Far less harmless? Did you mean to do that? Yes. Because you just made their case for them. <laughs> far more harmless. Why did I say that? Why did you make their case for them? That is the clip that's going to be looped <laughs> on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Sean from Sackheads Radio. Far, uh, far, less, far less harmless. 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 Less harmless. Uh, Less really? Harmless. I got to defend myself against that yes. now. <laughs> um, no, you you bring up a really good point. Is you know he he'd like to point out, and again, it's the whole the rich white guy that runs a gas company is going to make millions while everyone else suffers. Is pretty much what he's doing. Uh-huh. He's doing that environmentalist against the elitist, and oh, we're just fighting for what what the country needs, and they're just looking out for themselves, and nobody else but them is going to profit. I think we've given many uh, examples of how many other people will profit, and it goes well beyond there. Um, you know, those stores that potentially, you know, maybe if it's a locally owned grocery market that's just holding on, but now for the next four years, 3,000 employees move to that area to build this plant, and it gets them through the next four years, and they can expand and build and improve. Um, Why do you want to help that small business when the gas company is going to get lots and lots of money? <laughs> We don't care if other people are going to get money and be helped. You we look don't at want those gas companies. To get and I don't of, know that part of Maryland very well, um, but you got to look at maybe rental properties. A lot of those, uh, a lot of the workers that go move around a lot to build uh, facilities like this, um, they don't buy homes often when they move to where they are. They they rent them. So, you know, you're going to have now rental properties, and that means property value is going to increase because more is getting rented. And that now that homeowner can reinvest that money into maybe producing uh, or bettering the the home that's being rented or maybe buying a i don't know a burned out down and out home that's dilapidated and then turn around and reinvesting in that and producing that so you know it's ridiculous to turn around and say um to say that this only helps the gas company and listen we know what they're doing it's their propaganda it's Anything that can make money that's not their choice, anything that's not green, which we know about, um, is bad in their opinion. Um, And they do everything they can, despite logic, despite reality, despite science, that they love to throw up science whenever it benefits them. But when it goes against them, they ignore it completely. Why is it they are the only ones that can defend a color and say that a color is is right? I know. Because if – let somebody say – White is right, mm-hmm. but they can say green. Right, green's okay. Green is right. We love green. We love green. But I've if seen I say, that on if I, say I love white. Yeah, like the French flag, for example. Right. I didn't know that it had two other colors on it. Apparently, it does. I know. Weird. Right? I thought that was just to give contrast to the white. <laughs> it, it, so the white really stands out as it the does. focal point of the flag, right? <laughs> but but this is absolutely insane, and you know, on top of it all, natural gas has been proven to be far more effective as years goes on and more um, diverse in what it can run and function. And, you know, you see a lot of buses now that are natural gas and bigger trucks that are natural gas and smaller vehicles, too, that it's actually um, – and it's clean, it burns very clean. You would think that they would be happy to have this. And, and, and I know what it is. It's that whole not-in-my-backyard thing to a point, too. Like, if this we bought it from another country, it doesn't matter how much money it costs us because the government has tons of money, and they can just keep giving right. us more money. If, if somebody jobs. else had a – right. 
if somebody else had to produce it and then we bought it, they'd be all – can you imagine if Russia right now turned around and said, hey, we're going to sell you guys natural gas, pennies on the dollar, um, and you can run all of your large vehicles off. The environmentalists would go insane if we didn't – it doesn't matter who did. Um, you know, they would go insane. Well, we have to jump on this. We have to take advantage and blah, 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 blah. You know, and it does go to my next point, and Rooster in the chat beat me to it, but we have a ridiculous amount of natural gas in this country. And there's a reason why a lot of industries are going to natural gas for power. Do you think power. it's because of the fast food that people eat? I think so. That it's just so... Uh, no, because I think the real natural gas that they're getting out of the ground, they add a smell oh, to, and the one you're gas. talking about comes with a smell. I didn't know. But we, we do. We have an enormous, uh, enormous amount of natural gas. And it's really, uh, you know, a lot of people say it's starting to become the wonder fuel. Like you can, it has so many. So why are we not taking advantage of this? I almost wish you just came up with an entire marketing scheme for that industry. Just so you know, for natural gas. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm good at it. Aren't I? Natural gas. If the wonder fuel, <laughs> right? Like you could have natural gas man with like wonder fuel on it. Right. A little cape blowing behind him. Absolutely. Natural gas. But there's no wind, like the flag is hanging and there's a cape blowing behind him because it's natural gas. That's great. (laughs) Sako, draw it up. Sako, can we get on that? You won't like what I draw. We'll just take your word for it. So we we have to at some point have reality set in and, and really turn around and say, no, people, the environmentalists are insane, and they go against anything that doesn't fit their criteria. They're almost like PETA. I mean, that's all I could relate them to is if you do anything that's against an animal in any way, shape, or form, okay. if you have one as a pet, PETA hates you. Okay, so hang on a second. Let's – does PETA hate environmentalists? And let's think this through. Okay. If you're an environmentalist, you probably should not eat lettuce. And no. Correct? Not, right. Or like strawberries, fruit or vegetables, because you're messing with the environment. It's a crop. It's part of nature. It came from nature. It's a plant. We, we love it. It's beautiful. We don't want to disturb it. Which means that in order to survive, you either have to take Jetson-style subvitamin pills or... Eat meat. Eat nothing but meat. Oh. Because plants... My heaven. I know. I <laughs> because animals and people destroy Prime the earth. Prime rib. Yeah. Which means if you're PETA... You hate... You you eat nothing but salad. At all. Right? Because you're a, a vegan. Vegetarian. Whatever that is. I don't even understand those people. But you're a vegan. They look so skinny. <laughs> and weak and frail. Yeah. Oh, that's cute, Mr. Vegan. You're mad at me. Hey, um, oh, I'm a vegan. I'm a vegan. Well, I could tell because when the light went behind you, it looked like an x-ray. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on to the pole. I hope it's supposed to, I heard it's supposed to be windy soon. So does that mean that PETA then would hate environmentalists? Environmentalists. Right. And if you're an environmentalist, are you allowed to eat? What happens if you eat salad? Ooh, that's a good question. This all has to be straightened out at some point. Listen. If you're an environmentalist, can you go hiking? Because now you're traipsing through the countryside all willy-nilly. The way right? I don't care about but here's their the com- natural but here's habitat the common, of But here's the common denominator between them. Both the environmentalists 
and PETA would love it if every person on the face of the earth, now this is the only time they'd probably like guns, put a gun to our own heads and shot ourselves and gave it back to the earth. Um, most of them are very self-hating. And most of them hate the mankind in general. Um, and they never talk about the good things that people do. And listen, everyone remembers growing up the crying Indian. And I always say this. And, and I, I get mad when I see people throw stuff on the ground. I understand that we need to keep things clean. You know, I get mad when I see a picture of the dolphin that has the thing on his nose because somebody discarded it poorly because I like dolphins. No, you don't. We were walking by. We saw one the other day. You high-fived me. I thought it was yours. You were drinking a six-pack. Remember how you threw it and said, hey, Omar, look how it acts like a boat in the water. Right. (laughs) You know, but this environmentalism is absolutely insane to the point where they're going to potentially fight. And I know they're not going to win. This is a done deal because the government will make money off of it. And they already have, but they're going to fight giving people jobs and the rich people. And let's not even talk about the quote unquote rich people that own the gas company. Let's not even talk about the amount of money that they will spend to produce infrastructure, um, increase their own country, put more people to work, et cetera, et cetera. They are just so convinced that they would rather shut this down and have people suffer than even look at the potential merits of it. Just like he said, the gas company is going to make money. What about the merits of it? Oh, screw that. I don't need to know about those facts. Well, those guys are just out of their mind. Now you look at the left, (laughs) the progressive. I love how that's how we sum them up. Uh, Those guys are just insane. Let's go to the other insane people, the progressive left. So let's look at the progressive left, and they actually use it to their advantage, right? Yes. They use it as a way to redistribute wealth. Absolutely. Hey, we can use these batshit crazy guys' <laughs> logic in order to not create jobs so that we can drive <laughs> the earning wage of Americans down and so that we can – you can't. it's easier to bring the wage of Americans down than it is the rest of the world up. So we can redistribute wealth on a global scale, and we do so by having these wingnuts. Uh, we'll just use their argument for them. They'll keep us in power, and that uh, sounds good. It's an easy way to take care of that problem. <laughs> that's perfect. It, it, that's my point. It's it really perfect. perfect for them. That's my point. They win every single yes. way, and we allow it to happen. So I hope they go through with this. I hope for the people that need work, um, I hope for those iron workers and those steel workers and all those guys that – put that together in the computer companies and the computer techs and all the, the ones who won't make a dollar off of this, according to uh, Tidwell. Right. It's, it's lots and lots of money. I hope they push this through and I hope that these guys get some jobs and can support their family and gals and, and really do the right thing. Cause jobs are our number one problem right now in this country. And anyone oh, who, see, I thought number one problem was Obama, but go ahead. Anyone who argues or holder, anyone who argues against producing jobs for this country and putting people back to work so they could take care of their family, is a communist. There, I said it. Would you support <laughs> legislation that would prohibit American companies from outsourcing jobs? No, because that's their choice. Because we outsource jobs. For example, Sako is actually in India right now. He is our call taker. <laughs> we did, in fact, give him a microphone, but um, we have to put his voice through a synthesizer to take the accent away. Right, but it makes but us other, a ton of money. But other than that... <laughs> Listen, I, I don't like it when companies outsource. I, I don't. I just don't like it. But I also understand that that's their choice as an, as an industry and a company to do what they have to do. I would rather see those jobs here. What if but you I'd can't also, do business in America? What if you can't do business in America? Or you can't afford America? it. 
you can't afford it. That's the problem. Now, because all the jobs are outsourced. Well, but if you no, didn't outsource jobs, if you couldn't, that would rain well. Let's look at when outsourcing correct. got big, right? Under Clinton, for the most part, is when outsourcing kind of really went through the roof, and that was the big thing. Why? Because the and unions and unions, um, because those two government and unions cost companies so much money that they can't afford to keep it stateside because unions, as we've seen before, will shoot themselves in the foot and cost companies so much money they have to go out of business. And the government taxes it so ridiculously much that they can't afford it. And look at Obamacare. Can you they imagine? can afford it. They're rich, Sean. They make lots and lots of money. The, the, these companies right now have more than 50 people, and the employee mandate's going to hit soon, the employer mandate hit, and all that stuff. They Look, can't afford it. You and, just and there, cannot afford it. There's a reason it. we stay under 50 employees. <laughs> there's a bunch of reasons. But that's one of them is Obamacare. One of them is Obamacare. <laughs> because I, I already looked at the salary, and I'd be the first one to get laid off here at Sackhead's Radio, Look, and I can't have that happen. First of all, we all have multiple personalities. We do. So just between the few of us there are, we're pushing, we're pushing 50. Like angry me and happy me, two totally different people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're up against the break. Three four seven two zero five nine three nine nine. When we come back after the break, I want to talk about uh, Governor Perry. Ooh, let's do that. And uh, his uh, his little little rant um, on uh, Bureau of Land Management. Off we go here on the Sackheads Radio Show. care about what's going on in the world, you cannot afford to miss my show. Hi, this is Andrea Kay, your host of the Andrea Kay Show. It's not always about the money. Okay, it is always about the money, but it's also about politics, pop culture, and you. The only thing street about this show is the smarts. There's a reason they call me Dynamite in a Dress, and you'll find out why when you listen Tuesday mornings at 10 on Financial News and Talk. Hello, I'm Paul, a student at Hillsdale College. Here is my professor, Dr. Larry Arn, on the separation of church and state. America's founders believed in the separation of church and state, in that the country was not to have an official religion or an official sect. But that did not mean that government was to be hostile to religion, or even indifferent to religion, as many today argue. In fact, America's founding document, the Declaration of Independence, includes both a reference to God as the author of the laws of nature and a confident assertion that human beings are endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights. Far from being hostile or indifferent to religion, America's founders understood the theology of the Declaration to be an essential part of the education of citizens. This Constitution Minute was brought to you by Hillsdale College. To join the national conversation on the Constitution, go to constitutionminute.org. How you doing? John Grant here. When I'm not slaving over a hot microphone on the 405radio.com Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I check out Sean and Clint here at Sackheads Radio. We all appreciate the best political bloggers, writers, and commentators. We either get them on our shows or we make fun of them, as it should be. So check us out live Saturdays at 10 a.m. Eastern or forever on the podcasts on the 405radio.com. 
Hey folks, it's Sean from Sackhead Radio. As a native Bostonian, my heart broke on April 15, 2013, watching those horrendous attacks at the Boston Marathon. Now there's a way that you can help. Go to onefundboston.org, O-N-E-F-U-N-D-B-O-S-T-O-N.org, where you can donate to help the victims and families from this awful attack. Onefundboston.org, all the proceeds will go directly to the victim's family. Thank you very much from Sackhead's Radio. Now back to Clint and Sean on Sackheads Radio, radiating elegancy and quality. Well, welcome back to the Sackheads Radio Show in our uh, D segment here. Uh, back with uh, Sackhead Clint and Sackhead Sean. Hi. Uh, over in his corner is uh, Sackhead Sacco. So I want to talk about uh, Governor Rick Perry. And uh, there's been a lot of, a lot of talk uh, so forth, you know, in, in the media with with uh, BLM Bureau of Land Management over the whole uh, Nevada rancher ordeal, and we uh, we talked a little bit about that last week. Uh, not too much, but there's a push from the federal government uh, in order to claiming thousands of acres of property in uh, the northern region of Texas. <laughs> okay, first of all, federal government that is the wrong state. To try and jack for land. <laughs> that being said, who goes to Texas to steal? What kind of idea? Who had that brilliant idea? Right now, here's my question. I'm pretty sure Texas still has the death penalty for uh, horse thievery. <laughs> so, what's the penalty for land grabbing? I, I... And if it is in fact death or treason. You may have your hands full in Texas. That is not the state. Look, in Nevada, yeah, people in Nevada are tough, but you got Harry Reid, and he's a big old vajayjay. Well, they, well, they, and they have a large anything, contingency right? of liberals in, in the Nevada, in Las well, Vegas. Well, Las Vegas does. The rest of Nevada, not it, so much. No, right. It's just Las Vegas. Right. And the rest of Nevada is very conservative, or it's a um, range for F-18s. Right. Or UFOs. Either way. <laughs> um <laughs> But Rick Rick Perry comes out and he says, "quote The federal government already owns too much land." Well, yeah, no kidding. Doy. Bureau of Land Management is looking at taking approximately ninety thousand acres of land as part of public domain, and uh, you can find this on a variety of different websites. Uh, FoxNews.com has uh, under the states' rights section uh, the, some of the audio um, with with Rick Perry and so forth. But the Attorney General of Texas, Greg Abbott. And he's uh, running for, for governor. Uh, Rick Perry's not, not running again. And he sent a letter to the BLM director. Um, he also gave an interview with Breitbart.com. And he said, quote, that he's ready to, quote, go to the Red River and raise a come-and-take-it flag <laughs> to tell the feds to stay out of Texas. <laughs> now, for those of you that don't know what the come-and-take-it flag is <laughs> – it is a picture of a cannon with a star above it, and it says, come and take it. And it was originally um, a patriotic slogan used in 1778 at Fort Morris in Georgia during the American Revol- uh, Revolution. And it comes from the, fa- the, the, the phrase uh, Molen Labe, which means come and take them. And uh, it was uh, uh, a phrase of defiance 
spoken by King Leonidas in response to the Persian army's demand that the Spartans surrender. And so the Americans and the revolution, because that's us, right? We're like Leonidas and the Spartans were badasses. Hey, British, yeah, come and, come and take it. Uh, well, in 1835 at the Battle of Gonzales during the Texas Revolution, Texans raised the flag. Come and take it. And, hey, we like that. That's a good flag. Come and take it. So the fact that you have a flag raised during the American Revolution and then again in 1835 at the Battle of Gonzales during the Texas Revolution, and here you have the Attorney General of the state of Texas, the man who is running for governor, saying, hey, I'm going to go raise that flag. Come and take it. Come and take it. Number one, that he's saying come and take it. Number two, that he's raising a revolutionary flag. Oh, yeah. From two different revolutions, the American Revolution and the Texas Revolution. Right. How awesome is that? That's amazing. It's actually well beyond anything. It's I'm moving to Texas. We need to move Sackheads <laughs> to Texas. Taco, you good with Texas? Pretty of women, you'll be all right. Women. It's, it's Texas. Texas. What is wrong with you? It's Texas, buddy. Hold on, you guys. Hold on. I have a microphone. You can hear me this time. Sako doesn't Texas, get out much. Sako. There's pretty women there. Yes. Yes. Well, now the question is, will they talk to me? They might no. if we get them drunk enough. No. You're a hairy Armenian who doesn't wear cowboy boots or a hat. They're not going to talk to you. Wait, but wait, that's an wait, appearance wait. thing. So we can fix that. all I have that. to do is wear a hat. No, you boots. get them drunk. Sako, are you not listening <laughs> to what I'm saying right now? It's wait, wait, Texas. Wait. wait, so just get them drunk. Yes, it's Texas. No booze. You know, but they can drink a lot, so <laughs> yeah, they will drink you under the table. But that's not the point. You know what? I'll I mean, be that last guy that swoops in. Here's the last drink. Sako. Yeah, you're coming with me. What? Yeah, these are boots. Yeah. What do you mean they look like high heels? They're boots. Trust me. I no, those them. aren't your high heels. They're mine. I, I meant boots. They're my boots. I found them in Lost and Found. Yeah. Anyhow, just, just drink this. Uh, no, Abbott is a hero. Uh, Iggy, Iggy's mom just said it in the chat room. A- a- Abbott is a hero. You know. The federal government, of course, the BLM is going to back off and it's going to go quiet and all this stuff because the state's actually standing up. But it's interesting to me to see how this administration is going to stand up or react to a state that's actually taken a firm stance on states' rights and against a branch of the executive, essentially. Yeah. And and see the reaction that comes out. And they're going to downplay it. And, you know, Carney's going to go out there and crack a couple wise Wise jokes jokes. and completely sidestep the actual reality of the situation but um do you you think i have a question for you this is a serious question yeah do you think obama ever like walks around the white house with with like joe and he's like you know they're gonna make lots and lots of money and putin isn't scared of me and texas isn't scared of me and iran's not scared of me and Syria's not scared of me. I think oftentimes and, he does get this whole... Britain doesn't like me. What's wrong with them for not loving me? I really think he gets that way. Dude, like, it's very sul- bizarre. He goes around and sulks, and it's just like, well, nobody likes... Everybody's being tough. <laughs> and Texas is trying to beat me up, and Putin's trying to beat me up, and this rancher in Nevada is, is tough-talking us. And, and making us look like idiots, and... Um, let, we could keep going if we want to, but I'm sick of naming all the things that make us look stupid. No, I, I think this is amazing. I think this will really be a test of states' rights. I think if the BLM and the feds try to go in to see what would happen. Well, look, Abbott, Abbott came out, and, and what he says, um, he talked to Greta Van Susteren, 
uh, on her show on the record uh, on, on Fox News Channel. And what he said is, at a minimum, they're overreaching, meaning the federal government, trying to grab land that belongs to Texans, or worse, they are violating due process rights by just claiming that this land suddenly belongs to the federal government, swiping it away from our Texans. And he, he's threatening court action. He says, quote, this is just the latest symptom of what seems to be a federal government run amok, bonus points, double bonus run points. Run amok, that's amok, awesome. That is messing amok, in amok, states' amok, rights amok. and now messing in private property rights. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's absolutely true. And Perry called, uh, called, uh, says, hey, this federal government is, is out of control. But this, I wonder if there's a uh, if there's a rancher in that 140 square miles or the 90,000 acres who's allowing his cattle to graze there, and the state's not charging. Are them. we reaching a tipping point? Yes. Are, are we at that tipping point? Because and here's why I here's why I say this: there is a fundamental difference between armed insurrection and armed revolution. Yes. And look, we don't we don't want violence. We don't we condone don't it. Condone violence. We're not for it. We're not for it. However, understand the point that we're trying to make here, please. There's a fundamental difference between insurrection and true revolution. Mm-hmm. And here's what I believe that is. Armed insurrection, if you have a group, an armed citizenry, whether you want to call it organized um, militia, whether you want to call it armed citizenry, whatever it is, if they rise up and take arms against the federal government, and you can debate why they're doing it, what they're doing, that's not the point of this. Just hear me out. If they raise arms against the federal government, they are under autonomous control. They are not under the control of any civilian authority. They are operating on their own. Whether you agree with the reasons or not, they're operating on their own. The federal government has the, has the legal right to put down insurrection. Yes. Okay? Versus revolution or or um or affirming states rights where you have a group of you can call them organized militia again but who are now acting at the direction of a state elected members Mm -hmm. an elected body something that represents the citizens that citizens uh, of that district area whatever it is are maintaining control of the military force because that is key and you have them now acting against an oppressive government, you now have legitimized revolution. That's the distance, the difference, and it's an important distinction to make. Um, and you, 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 look about, you look at how um, there's a, a distrust in the military historically in this country. Not that we love our men and women in, in, in uniform. That's not what we're saying here. But in terms of having a standing army. Right. There's, there's a distrust. There's a distrust about having military control, military uh, dictating the direction of, of, of domestic policy and whatnot. But here you have elected representatives standing up. You look at the, the Nevada rancher, and you had elected representatives not condoning violence or, or armed resistance, but you did have elected members of government standing up for the rancher and for individual rights and for states' rights, while you had an armed group backing that rancher up. Yes. You now have a, a, an attorney general in a state, in this case Texas, and a governor, in this case Rick Perry, standing up for states' rights against 
that same federal government, that same agency, that same branch of the executive that was exercising um, a certain amount of, of power or whatnot in Nevada. How close are we? It really brings well, – first of all, I can't remember the last time um, we have ever been this close. Yeah, and, I, and, it's and, scary. And, and Iggy in the chat room said unorganized militia, and I want to be clear on, on my definition of militia. So the United States Code defines what the militia is, and I believe it's – I forget it. I don't know if it's 18 U.S.C. 314, or, but it's in the United States Code what militia is defined as. And you have the formal militia, which would be the National Guard, and then you have the informal militia, which would basically be the citizenry. Right. So when I say organized militia, I'm not talking about formal militia in terms of National Guard or even a state military reserve, because that would be a, a formal militia. What I'm talking about is an organized militia, a group of true informal militia who are organized, organized in a unit, organized in, in a rank structure, whatever it is they do. They're not formal militia. They are informal militia. They are just organized. Right. And then you can have the, the unorganized militia, uh, meaning it's just everybody else who is the member of the militia. And that's, again, based upon – I use those terms – based upon uh, the United States Code, which defines militia as ter- in terms of, of formal and informal militia, um, and then organized, whether organized or not, based upon, upon that. So how close are we? Well, like I said, I, I don't remember another time where you have states and the feds fighting like this. Um, maybe over like some financial thing and grants and loans and stuff like that. But we're starting to talk about land. We're starting to talk about something much more tangible. The state of Texas is turning around to the federal government, big papa, if you will, and say, yeah, you know what? You're not hitting us anymore. And not we're not that, taking but, it. But I want to raise a come and take it flag. Well, and that is a big, in the manner that they in the manner deal. that he is doing it, the attorney general, and it sounds like with the support of the acting governor, who's governor right now, right, and, right and the attorney general, who is the top cop in the state. Yep, and he's running for governor, and he's running for governor, and they're not just saying we're going to file a lawsuit, but hey, I'm going to run up a come and take it flag. Right, that that is really stern language against the federal government in a manner that I, I can't remember anyone ever saying that in my recent memory. Hey, yeah, you know what, Feds, you want this? Come take it. Not come sue us. Not, um, you know, right. come, come cut some right. fu- funding. Not, oh, you know what, we, we'll take the hit because we don't want to comply with certain parts of Obamacare. Right. We'll take that. Right. This no, is, come no, take it. Come take it. Show up. Man up. You walk in here and see what happens. This is essentially like being called to a duel. Like, hey, you know what? This is essentially like being called a bitch. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and, and this is coming from the state. And listen, if it's just – if it was a rogue state senator who came out and he's like, well, you know what? I'm going to go to the federal government, and I'm going to raise the come and take it flag, and I'm going to issue a bill in here. to but This is the top cop of the state and the governor working together, essentially building – the world's biggest middle finger. I mean, and I don't mean paper mache. That's it's cute, and I'm in college. Let's have one in the corner. I'm talking like the size of giant cacti. I, I'm, I was going to say this is like, like if somebody from Texas went and cut off the raised torch of the Statue of Liberty, and they put on a prefabricated middle finger, and they turned the entire statue to face DC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And while they're at it, 
they're giving bunny ears to any <laughs> any federal person that's like they're just poking, but they're doing it for the right reasons, and, and right. they're doing it to show the federal government you need to back off. Um, the federal government owns way too much. They're way too expansive. We've talked about this time and again. Yes. They go too far with things. Um, you know, you look at national parks, what they were intended to be to what they are now. Um, they were, it, national parks were essentially done to protect land um, from stupid use, mm-hmm. it, not improper use or anything. Just the, it, it, it kept from slash and burn and stuff like that in order to maintain certain things. It was not to make money, cost money, have its own law enforcement entity to have all these rules and codes. I mean, the only good thing left about state parks is most of them you can actually still have firearms in. That's that's yep. about it. The rest of the time, it's a national park, but I have to pay $250 if I want to put my tent there for a week and all this other stuff. It's been turned into a money-making organization, and the states don't get a lick of it. No. You know, even though it's within their lines. So. This 90,000 acres, and I think it's in North Texas if I read it right, um, uh, um, could be almost like the equivalent of the Lexington Battle Green. Like this could be the whole – you have them marching up on one side, them marching up on the other. Don't fight it. You see the whites of their eyes, boys. Like this is a big deal, and it's not something to be taken lightly. And listen, I am not ha- happy that it's come to this point. And I'm not happy of what could possibly happen. Uh-huh. I am happy that a state is standing up for itself against the federal government and saying, no, not going to happen here, not going to happen now. Go ahead and try. I think that is enormous. I, I, huge. Huge. Just huge. Yeah, it's, I, I, first of all, the come and take it. <laughs> It's just a awesome. <laughs> yeah, how, how, you can't put it any other way, can you? No. It's I, just awesome. The fact that an elected official would – that'd be like an elected official saying and, – and, and right under that, we're going we're gonna to raise the Gadsden, and then we're going to raise the Mullen Labe, yeah. and then we're <laughs> – And then we're going to refuse to pay you any taxes until you leave. <laughs> right. Oh, and by the way – uh, we're dumping your tea in the river. By the way, we just passed a state law, and if you're employed by the federal government, you have to wear a red coat. Yeah. In <laughs> a white wig and talk with the British accent. We're right. just saying, we're coming up with that. And we're going to take Sackhead Clint's idea, and Santa Claus is no longer allowed to visit Texas <laughs> because he has a red coat. George Washington <laughs> delivers presents down the chimney. Listen. In his Saint, blue coat. St. George. St. George. Blue coat, he delivers presents. Go with it. <laughs> Santa George. You know, it, 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 this could very well be like one of the biggest events. And, and I think people overlook stuff like this. And a lot of times what happens is the mainstream media on the left goes, oh, that's just that stupid Texas, and they're just bolstering – until you understand the history of the flag and the context he used it, it he it, clearly understands the history. He's he's of an educated man, a he very is. educated man, and he, so he understands like what that means, like what a big view that is. I and, can tell you that I support him one hundred and twenty percent. Absolutely, and so where this look the first time this was used, um, it was there's a, a British colonel 
demanded the surrender of Fort Morris. And it's this crudely erected fort, November 25th, 1778, crudely constructed fort. And uh, there were only 127 Continentals in, in this fort. And the British had 500, plus they had artillery. And they demanded the fort surrender. They didn't attack. They sent a, a letter in, right? It's all gentlemanly, I suppose. I don't know. And the commander, Colonel McIntosh, sends a letter back. And he says, as to the surrender of the fort, receive this reply. Come and take it. And the British were stunned. Like, um, what do we do? Maybe he has like more people in there that we think of. Maybe there's more people nearby. Send our letter again. Apparently he didn't read it. They didn't attack. They left. They, um, I don't come and take it. I does not compute. I don't. They left. They ended up coming back in January of 1779 with a larger force, but like but at right that there, point, right there, like, and then, I don't even know how to respond to that. To that. I think that's. I think it's time for us to get a come and take it flag here somewhere in the. We South need to come studio. and take it flag. I, I think it's a good with, idea we with can the fly. cannon and the star, like the original black and white. Absolutely, come and take it flag. We we have a lot of these cross members hanging off of our ceiling. That Sarko, get start, on that. Sarko, come on. Um, that we have to start filling up with flags, and I think that's a great one to have is the come and take it flag. And, and I applaud. Listen, I applaud the the government of Texas, who absolutely absolutely is doing the right thing for standing up for its state, its people, and itself. And, and I wish more states would do this and stand up to the federal government who've, who've just expanded so much and overreached, and they think they own everything, and that's the biggest problem. Yeah. So the, that's, that's where the term kind of takes Now, the come and take it flag, this is, this is, this is the awesome part. So during uh, the, the – what is Sako doing? I don't know. Did Go Sako on. Did just fall asleep? I think so. That was great. So uh, Texas requested assistance. Hey, we want armament for the defense of the colony of Gonzales. And the request was granted. You know what they granted it with? What? Um, a small used cannon. <laughs> In 1831. Go get them, so, boys. So the small cannon... Uh, the colony took it. They signed for it. Okay, thanks. You know, they mounted the swivel count, uh, cannon on the blockhouse in Gonzales, Texas. And with that cannon, they actually successfully resisted the Mexican forces. How great is that? Now, right? first of all, not only is there ability... So then that cannon became the symbol for this flag where the, they said, hey, oh, come and take it. You want to try and see our cannon? Okay. And the, the Star of Texas on yep. top of it. But here's my hats off, A, to the men that fought in that fight and, and used that cannon to absolutely hold their ground and keep the Mexicans from coming in. But I also wonder if there wasn't some genius in Washington, D.C. who was like, no, give them one cannon. They're Texans. That's all they need. Yeah. They might be a little surprised when they get it, but let's face it, they're Texans. They'll be all right. Yep. And he was right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like someone's like, man, that was a jerk thing to do. You sent them one can What, what they won? <laughs> Really? Right. Just one can't they won. Oh. You're getting a promotion, Colonel. You know, like <laughs> right. And it was it was so it was a big cannon. No, no a swivel it was a little, cannon. It was a little swivel used huh. cannon. It was actually originally designed to be on the deck of a ship. A quick a little quick Gatling ga- right. cannon and nah. A little squid gun. <laughs> That's why you they don't Who they beat? Santa Ana. Interesting. The entire Mexican <laughs> army. Huh. 
<laughs> and that, my friends, is why you never. Oh, the Americans ever, must have helped them. No, interesting. You never ever mess with Texas. <laughs> that is prime example number one. Uh, so that we're gonna follow that story because that's gonna be interesting. I, I dollars to donuts that the uh, uh, the feds are just gonna back off. They turn around and say, for 90,000 acres of land, we don't feel that this is worth any sort of blah, 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 And Carney will be up there cracking his little jokes like Carney does. Cracking wise. Cracking wise, scumbag. And he's going to belittle Mr. Abbott and Attorney General Abbott, and he's going to belittle Rick Perry. But let's You almost called him Rick Petty. I did. So you have come out with the slogan for the natural gas company and – you came out with the left's new nickname for the governor of Texas, <laughs> Governor Petty. Good job. So I'm helping. You're and, nailing it. Tonight. I'm helping and hurting all right. at once. Tonight. All at once tonight. You pretty much nailed it. Good job. On that note, my friend, this was a pretty fun show tonight. This was a blast. We had a lot of good times tonight, and I appreciate. Did you know we have a new soundboard? We do have a new soundboard. We talked about that while Saka was at uh, 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 on a break. I didn't know we had a new soundboard. <laughs> it's been here for a few weeks. I went to plug in my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and I don't need to plug in. it in anymore. No, I know. We, we've upgraded. Here's the best part. And Sako and I talked about this. We've talked about it a bunch of times in front of you while you're in the room, literally sitting across from it, and you had no idea. And it looks okay, dramatic. I'm the research guy. It looks dramatically different than our I'm, old setup. No, it's, it's, so... it's got buttons and plugs. <laughs> it does not look dramatically different. Okay, Sako's silence. You sit over there at the end of the show. Okay. It does not the look different. The greatest part is the old town board got... is right next to it. I know. The old town board okay, is three feet from him, unplugged, just put on the ground. Just so you know, it's not what it should be. <laughs> Last week... Last week, Sacco opened up the box on the table, unloaded it all while we were doing the show in front of us. I was researching stuff. <laughs> I have stuff to do. <laughs> How do you plug it in? Yeah, it's just the board. So do I have to? Hey, I just show me the talky thing. That's all I need to you know. You were just walking thing. around with a plug that didn't go to anything, and you're like, "Where do I put this?" <laughs> right. All fun and games here on the Sackheads Radio Show. It has been a pleasure. Sako, thank you very much, my friend. Absolutely appreciate it, Sako. Hey, uh, programming note, next week, unless something major happens and we have to uh, uh, jump in, next week we're going to take the week off. The week after that, we're going to make the jump to Live 365. It's because we're launching. It's because we're launching the media. We will be... um, We'll be launching the Live 365 show and go from there. We have a new theme song. Sako's been working on it, so we're very happy at that. So look forward to the new theme music coming on. And remember to check out shrmedia.com. You'll have uh, We're not going to have a new theme song? No. Exceptional Conservative Outcry Radio. Rooster's going to start blogging again. We're going to have a couple writers jump in there. uh, And we have a couple other people coming on the network, so it's going to be huge. So no show next week unless something major happens. If you want to hear a new theme song, uh, email Sako. Uh, we're taking a write-in vote. If he gets enough pressure, he'll write a new theme song because he's got nothing else to do. Uh, Thank so you to everyone. Stand by for our iTunes app. Yes, we're going to be working on an iTunes app too, and an Android app. Hold on, oh, hold on. Android's going too far. Give me, give me some time, man. Lots of big changes. So shrmedia.com is where you can find all of our shows and all of our newest content. Live 365, get the player and go ahead and tag us in there now. And please, if you want to help take back the hate, write in. Right, and give us some words to take back. Uh, And that's going to be uh, Clint at shrmedia.com and title it Take Back the Hate Suggestions. That'll be excellent. Um, 
And when you download the Live 365 app, that's going to be all of the SHR media. That's going to be Ken in one spot on the Exceptional Conservative Show. Brewster, we'll all be there together so you don't have to jump around like we do on Blog Talk now. That's figuratively, not literally. No, at some point be, we're all going to be there together. Some, and there will be a can of Crisco and some oil and maybe a seal, but that's other. That's a <laughs> totally that's, different scenario. That's because I like to cook some about. baby seal, baby. So <laughs> Tastes like bacon. Tastes like bacon. Thank you so much Should for like joining baby. us this week. <laughs> so was it 17 drinks you said <laughs> yes it was We're 17 going to Texas. <laughs> we'll see you in two you. weeks on SHR Media for the Sackheads this is Sackhead Sean for Sackhead Clint and Sackhead Sacco thanks for joining us tonight <laughs> I might buy a Russian bride they <laughs> <laughs> take mail order bride in Texas you know what no Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.